Hey guys, welcome to week one of The Wheel. Um, life is cyclical. It is something that just repeats itself, right? Like you usually come here, if you're, if you're part of our church, you come here every Sunday and that Sunday morning looks very similar and then Monday looks a little bit like last Monday and Tuesday looks a little bit like last Tuesday and of course the weeks kind of happen and then if you zoom out, you look at all the weeks and those all kind of look the same and then you look at months and then your months look the same and then of course the seasons change and then if you look at the year there's four different parts of the year and we all experience this cyclical thing that is life where things happen in routine and you you're living it right now from what you do at your breakfast time routine to what you do before you go to bed we live in this cycle that is life and so this series is about that cycle and about how we get caught in that cycle and how that cycle is like a wheel and how that wheel, it's supposed to actually take us somewhere. We're supposed to actually go somewhere in life and ultimately we're supposed to actually break free from that wheel and move out into a new life, but we get caught into the rhythm of the wheel and just do the same things over and over. And some of those things that we do over and over are healthy, and then, of course, if our motives are wrong regarding those things, then those things can become bad. You get into a cycle of doing a workout routine, and it's good, and then instead of doing it for the right reasons, you're doing it because you worship the idea of being healthy, or you're in competition with other people, or you don't feel good about yourself. And so the idea is no matter what we do, we happen to, as people, end up in a cycle, in rhythms, in routines. This could be something about the way your mind works, you might be in a, caught in a routine the way your mind works. Maybe every time you see those types of people, you think that thing. Maybe every single time you interact with that person, you think that way. Maybe every time you look in the mirror, you just have a routine. You have lies that go through your head. We all get caught into the wheel. We all get caught into cycles, into things that repeat themselves over and over and over again. And the reason we do this, just aside from the fact that it's just the way life is, the, the way nature is, the way the harvest is, the way that, that the seasons are, the way that we live our lives, and the way that each day is, the sun goes up, we live our lives, the sun goes down, we sleep when the moon is in the sky, and then we repeat it again. The, the reason is, is that it's, it's, it's predictable. And as humans, we like to be able to predict. We know, okay, I know what's coming next. I know what I'm gonna, I know what I'm gonna see. I know who I'm going to see. A lot of people live in this wheel and get caught in the patterns that they're in because they can predict. They, they lose anxiety. They get to control their lives. And they become kind of servants of comfort. We like predictability. We like to go certain routes on our way to work because we can predict which one will be faster. We like to make certain phone calls at certain times because we can predict when people will answer the phone. I mean, we just live in this cycle of life and we look to it to be predictable. The other thing we do is we look to it to be dependable. It's like we need life to happen this way. We need things to happen the way we de depended upon it. You know, you go to the grocery store, and if you show up at the wrong time, there's a bunch of people there, and you waste time. You're, de you're depending upon the rhythms of life that you've learned. If you go to certain parts of the world at certain times of year, you're depending upon that to have a nice, you know, maybe a nice weather at that time. So you go there and it's like, oh, you're depending upon it. We, we live this way. We live as humans in this thing that is the wheel called life. And we just go round and round and round and round and round. And ultimately, the, the heart of this message is that I want everyone in our church to identify 
the wheels in their life, to identify the rhythms in their life, the ones that are unhealthy, and ultimately what you're going to, to have to do is you are going to have to examine the things that you do on a routine, the way you think, the places you go, the people you interact with, all the different things that, become, that can become cyclical for you, and ask yourself the question if in those routines you are experiencing a radical movement of God in your life as you are worshiping him and not just worshiping your routines and your, your wheel. Because that's, the, that's where it gets crazy. It moves from just routine to actually worship. We can so easily step into a life of this wheel where we worship the things that are going on. We depend upon them, we praise them, we, we, we predict them, we, we depend upon them, and we just kind of, oh, thank you, I'm just so glad things keep happening the way that I expected them to happen. I'm so glad that the, the paycheck came. I'm so glad that the weather is nice. I'm so glad we just live in this cycle. And ultimately, God, God wants to break people away from these cycles of worship that don't represent him. You see, in the ancient world, before even some of the, the, the oldest characters or the oldest characters in the Bible like Abraham, who we're going to talk about today, those civilizations were the ones that brought the wheel into kind of the working order and into their cultures. They were the ones that probably invented the wheel, and it's a little bit of a chicken and egg as you start to study those, those people groups. We see that they invented the wheel, but they didn't just come up with the idea of the wheel. In fact, what they did is those people observed that life was like this cycle, that it was like this wheel. They believed that like the earth was the hub of the wheel and that the skies and the moons and the, and the, and the stars and the sun went and wrapped around them like a wheel. And so ultimately, when God started his whole plan for people on planet earth, his whole purpose was to break people away from that wheel. Because those people would worship the stars, worship the sun, worship the moon. They worshiped the seasons. They worshiped the risen. The, the, uh, the, they they worshiped the, the seasons. They worshiped the times of day and, and, the, and the things that would happen. They worshiped the harvest. They would actually spend their lives lives living in the cycle and the things that they could predict. And so God wants and started a nation by saying, I'm going to break you free from worshiping what was created so that you can worship the creator. And the people needed to be broken away from the wheel. And it's, it's instead of the wheel keeping you in one spot, God wants this wheel to take you somewhere so that you go somewhere with life and that you don't just live in predictability, live in dependability, live in safety, live in comfort, live in all that makes sense to you and break free into something that is all about living a dynamic life with God. And so what God has for you today, I promise you this because every single one of us have a cycle in our life that's unhealthy, have a rhythm, a pattern, a thought pattern, whatever it is, every single one of us have this. God wants us to leave the wheel, whatever it is, for the real life. Leave the wheel life for the real life. It is time for you and me today to identify some things and go, oh my goodness, that right there is a pattern where I am worshiping the wheel, I am worshiping rhythms, I am worshiping predictability, I am worshiping dependability, I am worshiping cycle, and I need to move and do whatever God wants me to do. And ultimately, God is going to break you away 
from that wheel. These earliest religions, they didn't just kind of look at the wheel and think of it pragmatically. They actually looked at the cycles of life and they believed that that was divine. They looked at the moon and they worshiped the moon because the moon was the wheel and the wheel showed them consistency and the wheel was something that they could honor and they would spend their lives kind of doing all they could and when you look in these ancient civilizations you see that their places of worship were elevated. They were put up on the, t- the highest point in their towns so that they could get as close as they could to the moon and ultimately, if, if you can kind of see the picture, they're trying to get as close as they can to the wheel. You see, ear- earliest religious thought believed that the cosmos was profoundly cyclical. Now, I'm getting some of this stuff from this this series from a a book called The Gift of the Jews by Thomas Cahill, so you can go read it. But one of the things that we learn when we look at these civilizations is that we look at how they, they viewed the stars and the cycles and the seasons, and they just locked themselves into that. And they never, ever left it. They just lived in the rhythms of life and they, they would sacrifice animals and even people to the gods, to the moons, to the sun so that they could have their rhythm stay in some type of maintained order. And actually, we, we've learned recently, um, paleontologists, um, archaeologists discovered earliest forms of art in Australia that were all perfect circles. Because when we look further back in time, we see that before God revealed himself, before God actually did this move through Abraham, uh, that people worshipped the cosmos. They worshipped the, the, the order in the sky. And they looked up, like I, like I had mentioned, they looked up at the sky and they viewed that the sky was immortal because what they would see is they, they'd see their life and they would say, hey, here am I in the center of this wheel and I'm going to die and I'm going to have kids one day. Uh, or I'm going to have kids one day and then I'm going to die, but I'm going to go away, but my kids are going to have the moon and the sun and the seasons, and it's going to keep on going. So what's up there in the sky, that cosmos, that's immortal. And what's down here on earth, that represents death and endings and brokenness. And so all they wanted to do was just please these, these gods in the sky so that they could have the best life possible And ultimately what God did is he went to a man named Abram and he said, I am going to break you out of that cycle. I am going to call you out of the worship of predictability, out of the worship of the cosmos, out of the worship of the wheel, and we are going to stop spinning in one place and I'm going to call you to go and do something that's remarkable And that's what God is still calling every single person who follows him to today. Abram, uh, he's a classic uh, person in the scriptures. He is the father of the nation of Israel. And he was from a place called Ur. And ultimately, many people say, you know, he's a no one from nowhere. He hadn't done anything to earn God's favor. He didn't have any big ideas. He was just a guy that was... Uh, willing to listen to the voice of God. And there are many authors that think that God spoke to lots of different people like Abram and they didn't listen. But then this personal God in the midst of this kind of wheel-like worship spoke to a man who lived in that and said, I want you to do something completely different. And so in Ur, these people worship the wheel. 
the place in Mesopotamia back in ancient civilization before Abraham and Israel all started. These people, they probably invented the wheel. They worshiped the wheel. They lived by the seasons. They wanted predictability. They did everything they could to stay alive, and they lived their lives sacrificing and trying to worship the cosmos in order to maintain their life as long as they could. And God went to to Abram, and he said, look, this is not what it's about. Predictability, being comfortable, having the same routines all the time, that's not what life is about. You are worshiping the cosmos, and you are supposed to be worshiping the creator. And so God went to this this man, and he said, I'm going to call you out of this place so that you can go do something beautiful. And he made him this promise that ultimately was the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel. That it was like you are going to have a people and a place and your people and your place is going to bless all the rest of the world. And so ultimately, what God called Abram to from Ur into becoming the nation of Israel was to leave the wheel, to leave the wheel life into the real life. Because the, the wheel life is you Living in predictability, it's you doing the same things you've always done, and following God means you have an intimate relationship with the God of the universe who speaks to you and knows you by name, and you, he takes you places you never, ever, ever, ever thought that you would go. And so, I'm challenging every one of us today to just look at this simple story and go, what wheel am I living in, and where is God taking me? We have to leave the wheel life for the real life, the one that God is calling you to. God goes to Abram, this is in Genesis chapter 12, you should go read this, and he says to him something crazy, and we're gonna kind of dive into how bizarre it was and how difficult it was for Abram to leave this wheel and think about it in terms of God asking us to leave our wheel. In Genesis chapter 12 it says this, the Lord had said to Abraham, go, go from your country. Go from your country. Now, when we read this, we're like, oh, country. You see, when God spoke to Abram, I mean, he barely knew what a country was. These people didn't understand that there was other places on the other side of the globe that they could go somewhere. And so when when they say, leave your country, when God says, leave your country, that's leave everything you know for something that you have no idea exists. You don't even know that there are other countries. You don't even know that there is another land. You don't even know that something is out there. And I'm asking you in total blindness to leave the safety of your wheel, to leave the safety of predictability, to leave the safety of dependability, to stop worshiping the cosmos and to worship the creator and to leave your country. I mean, there's so much preaching in this right here. God will come to us at certain times in our life, and he will say, your place needs to stop being your place because your place represents this wheel. It represents this cycle. It represents this worship. It represents this thing where you're not fully engaged with your father. And so God called him to leave his country. And the next one is he says to leave your people, to leave my people. Now, Abram at this time is 75 years old. He has this group of people that are his country, and it is his land, and he's sitting there, and God says, go to this place that you didn't even know existed, blindly, just because I said to, and you're going to leave your people. Now, Abram is, at this point, what was that? Something just break? Oh, it was a clipboard. 
Someone really threw that audio. It just came up and bounced over here. Sorry, I'm like, this just threw me off. Leave your people. Abram was unable to have kids, so he's 75 years old, and he has no kids. And God comes to him and says, hey, you're going to leave your wheel. You're going to leave your country, which means you're going to go to a place that you didn't know existed because you didn't know that there was a lot of other places that existed. And you're going to leave the safety of the rhythms and the predictability of your life and the people around you, and you're going to leave those people. And in Abram's mind, he's going, I can't even have kids, so you are asking me to leave this place, to leave and to never have people again because how am I going to have more kids if I can't have kids? How are we going to have a nation? How are we going to have more people if I can't have kids? So you're going to have me leave. It's a suicide mission. And your father's household, you're going to leave all that matters to you. You're going to leave the people who are in your past, and you are going to move to this place, this land, and your only indicator of where to go is going to be God. I will show you, he says. I'm going to show you how to leave what matters to you, how to leave your, your whole heritage, how to trust me in a way like you never thought you could, I'm going to be the one to show you. And what Abraham does after God goes on and he says, and I promise you that I'm going to bless you, and I promise you that I'm going to provide for you, and I promise that I'm going to use you to bless all the nations, this next part where Abraham responds is one of the most powerful passages in the scriptures. And I want every person in here to like, put their name in here and go, would you do the same? You see, what we all have is we have a story, a, a story of God, how he revealed himself through Abraham and built a nation, and then that nation went sideways, and then God, through that nation, still brought a Savior that would reach the whole world and invite everybody back into a relationship with God and into life and into the kingdom of God. We know that because we all are 2,000 years past the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and he promises hope, and if he rose from the dead, then we get resurrection, and there's so much goodness because we have this history. Abraham had none, no idea, no clue. He didn't have this kind of track record of God doing these things. He was stuck in a cycle where he didn't know there was a personal God. He was probably worshiping the moon God. He was worshiping predictability. He was staying in a safe place, and God spoke to him and said, go to a place that you didn't know existed where you, won't, you don't have any kids, so you're not sure if you're ever going to have more people. And God went to him and said that to him, and here is what it says, and this is profound, it's simple, but it's profound. It says, so Abraham went. Abraham went as the Lord told him. I mean, this right here is this Hebrew phrase, this idea that this person would go, that this person would actually leave the wheel. This is one of the most extraordinary ideas in the history of humanity. For people to take their semblance of normalcy, for people to take what they believe is life, what they worship, their safety, their comfort, their rhythms of life, and for a God to speak to you and to say, now you need to leave, go somewhere you don't understand, to a place where you have no idea how you're going to survive, go there, for Abram to say, okay, and for him to actually get up and leave is the essence, it's the epitome of faith in the Bible. It's why later authors that were looking back on the story in the nation of Israel went, he belongs at the very top in terms of someone who represents what real faith looks like. 
because we have a little bit of track record to know, hey, if God calls you to follow him and to follow Jesus, we have people that have done it, people that have gone there, people that have success because they've done it, people that have experienced good life because they know that God loves them and changed their life. We have all these pictures of man. We know what the promise looks like. We have people that are in the promised land saying, come, join us in the promised land. And Abram had none of that. So it's profound that he said he would go. Thomas Cahill said this, breaking away from the wheel is arguably the most original idea and movement in all of human history. And so you and me today, as God challenges us to leave the cycles of life, God is calling us to be history makers. He's calling us to do something that changes the course of humanity simply by leaving whatever rhythm you know takes you away from worshiping God. And just think about it this way. God started a nation by commanding one man to go. He started a nation, a nation that would bless all the people of the earth, a nation that gave us the person of Jesus Christ and the history of Israel, and we all are blessed by today because one man was living in a cycle, was living in a rhythm, and God said, stop, break free from that, go live a different life, go find life. I'm telling you guys, right now, God is calling some of us, me, you, all of us, in certain ways to go, to leave it. I don't know what it is, you know what it is. You know you're caught in a way of thinking. You know you're caught in a mindset. You know you're caught in decisions that you make over and over again. And you don't know how to go, but you know God is calling you to go. And sometimes, as people, we want to have all the details. But the most important thing you need to know is that you have a God who keeps his promises, and he did it with Abram, and he's going to do it with you. And when he tells you to leave your country and leave your people and leave the things, the rhythms of life, then you better listen. And that doesn't mean I'm calling people to go be missionaries or to leave a state, but God might be telling you to change the nature of a relationship. He might be telling you to leave a job. He might be telling you to change your thinking, to to. to Tell those lies that you keep listening to say, no, that's a lie, man. That is not the life that God has for me. And so I want all of us to start to look at our life this way. What's the wheel? You need to leave this wheel life for the real life. And you need to, right now, identify, just as you're sitting in this room, the wheel that you need to leave. Now, I, I often, you know, I spend... A lot of my time in this job as a pastor, reading books, studying, and having conversations about, about what to stand up here and share with you guys. And sometimes it is exhausting. You know, like it's like, it's like exhausting. But like I know that when I sit with you guys sometimes, like I sit with you and you tell me what God is doing in your life, I know that God is good. Because I hear from you guys that God, even though I'm up here and I'm trying to remember what I'm going to say and what matters and what God is saying and what I believe we all need to hear, I know when I talk to you guys that God has done something in your life because you have decided to follow him. And I hear story after story of people that say, I was doing this and then I went here and then God got a hold of my life and here I am. 
And you see, what God has for you is this promise. He has this life. He has this beautiful experience where you leave something, something. And I'm telling you right now that that something is dragging you down. It is taking you to a place that you are not supposed to be in. It is taking you to a mindset and to a cycle of life that God doesn't have for you. And you know what it is. And you want to come to life. You want to experience the journey of following God And I'm telling you right now, you will not come to life unless you leave that cycle. You will not come to life unless you leave. You will be caught in this rhythm of death. And when God called Abram, like when he called him, he took him on an amazing journey. Like he took him on this unbelievable journey that was nothing like what he could have experienced in his country. It was nothing like he could have experienced with his people. God took him somewhere. He went before kings and defeated kings. God showed him a way of worship that was completely different than anything that humanity had seen at that time. God gave him children, and those children turned into a nation, all because he decided to leave. And he would have never had that. And I promise you that if you will put your name, that you will kind of be that person where it says, like, Becky left. Becky went. John went. Mark went. Bryce went. You will start to come to life. You will start to experience something new. It will be challenging. It won't be comfortable. There will be days when it doesn't make sense. But if you decide, if God is calling you right now, if you can identify what that is, and you say, I'm going to leave, then you have a beautiful, bright future in some way. Something new is on the horizon. And the most beautiful part about it is that God will be with you, and he will take you, and he will walk with you, and he will show you the goodness that comes from leaving the wheel to the real. He will lead you that way. In fact, I'm so excited about the reality of what happens if you leave the wheel that, like, it makes me want to, like, sing. Like, there was a song growing up, uh, for those of you that grew up in the church, by Stephen Curtis Chapman. Okay, it's called The Great Adventure. Saddle up your horses, we got a trail to blaze. No? Whoa, in the wild blue yonder of God's amazing grace. Let's follow our leader into the glorious unknown to the glorious. This is a life like no other. Whoa, whoa, this is the great adventure. Like, like, dude, I'm telling you, listening to God and leaving whatever that is and going down this new path of life is exhilarating. Like, it is like a new adventure. It is like a beautiful thing. It will help you actually, like, leave the dreary and leave the clouds, and you will start to leave the mundane, and you will actually start to come alive. 